or what what makes a successful brand it's having a laser focus on who your target customer is or who your target audience is it's a clear understanding of who your competitors are and what that competitive landscape is like and how you position your brand in that competitive landscape to intentionally target the audience you're trying to reach. That's what makes a successful brand. Welcome back to another episode, everyone. In this episode, my guest and I are talking about all things branding. Now, a common misconception, or I should say a common mindset among small business owners especially, is that once I'm up and running, I'll invest in my brand. But let me tell you this, your brand influences every aspect of your customer's reception of your company. Now, branding builds trust, recognition, loyalty, but most importantly, it builds a good reputation. My guest today is Michael Janda. Mike is an award-winning creative director, designer, and all-around agency veteran. In 2002, he founded his agency, Riser, which provided design and development services for, well, quite an impressive list of clientele, some of which includes Disney, Google, Warner Brothers, and many other high-profile brands that we know today. Now, Mike sold his agency in 2015 and now spends his time speaking, developing books, and social media content to help creatives level up. So if you want to learn more about all things branding, be sure to stick around for this episode. Cue the intro. You and I, we own small businesses, and we need digital marketing to maximize our online presence. But the online space seems to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. This is Get a Grip on your marketing podcast. No BS, actionable marketing advice to help you leverage digital marketing and get what you offer in front of more people. So buckle up. Put on your thinking caps and get ready to grow. Now, here's your host, Daniel Parchment. Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Get a Grip on Your Marketing podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Parchment. And as you heard in the intro today, today we are interviewing Michael Janda. Mike, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. I'm excited to be here. We've had this on the schedule for couple months it feels like and uh exciting to finally have this chat thank you for having me on great mike so let's jump right in so mike in my book you are a creative pioneer you a a creative genius if you will now for the mike john that i know you know those are those are the ways that i would describe you but talk to me a little bit more about your you have over 20 years of experience. Talk to me a little bit more about that from a branding you know, perspective. I feel like I've been down the road on everything that can happen to you in a creative career. I feel like I've been there. I've been the junior designer. I couldn't get a job working at Alpha Graphics. Four years later, I had self-educated my way into being a creative director at Fox Studios, living in Los Angeles, managing a big team. 
I've, I've been through a few economic downturns and one of those, the tech bubble, when it burst in the early 2000s, I started freelancing. My freelancing exploded and turned into my agency. I built my agency over 13 years and then sold my agency. Um, Worked at the agency that I sold to for a handful of years as a partner there. And I, I just, and then, and then now I do what I love the most is I coach and mentor creatives and I uh, do a lot of consultation and I make content and courses, things to help creatives level up. Because honestly, I feel like if you, if you had the list of everything that could happen to you as a creative entrepreneur, I've probably checked all those boxes and most of mine were the painful way, like through trial and error and experience. And my mission in life now is to help others go through it a lot less painfully than what I did. That is great, Mike. So, you know, I like that you have the the background from running a business to being the, from being the junior uh, designer yeah. to running a business. Now you've, you've sold that business and now you're, you're consulting and coaching other people to not jump through the hoops that you went through, just yeah. on, on a more easier path to becoming yeah. a creative yeah. genius like yourself. <laughs> now, you know, Mike, one of the things that, you know, for the topic for today, it's, it's about branding. And I think looking on, on researching and branding on the internet, you get a different, a myriad of answers, you know, in, yeah. in your honest opinion, you know, what is a brand? Um, you know, I've been down this road and like I said, you know, 20, I've been, I'm in year 25 right now. I started my career in 1996. And so, um, I, and I've done a ton of rebrands. I've worked with the mega brands. Uh, my client list was Disney and Google and ABC and NBC Fox. And so I, I was working with these mega brands and then I helped brand a lot of smaller brands and startups and things. Um, and, to me, the answer on what is a brand is it is the perception, the ex external perception of an entity. It's how people feel about a person, about a business, about a product, about a service. It's how someone feels about that. That's what the brand is. And it's not just uh you know, I hate the cliche, your brand is not your logo. You know, you'll, you'll hear that cliche that's <laughs> been shared so many times. And while it is true, uh, it's, uh, and maybe that's just the easiest summation of, of saying what is a brand. It's not your logo. It's this external sentiment of how people feel about you. I think that sums it up. Beautifully, Mike. Now, another thing that's also thrown into the mix, and a lot of people get these two things confused, are brand and brand identity. Talk to me a little bit more about brand identity and how that differs from a brand. Yeah, so a brand identity is, uh, you know, and this is a lot of semantics. You know, this is um, one person's definition may vary a little from another person's definition. So what I'll say on a brand identity is probably what most people are referring to is the visual representation of a brand. So you have a brand, how people feel about it, but a brand identity is like this. It's the intentional definition of that 
feeling of what you want to create as that feeling. And it usually revolves around a, a suite of adjectives that define that brand, a brand description and visual elements that uh, represent the brand to the marketplace. Perfect, Mike. I think the, you know, hashing out basically what a brand is and what a brand identity is, it is a lot of people get them confused. So, you know, thanks for for clarifying that. Now, when it comes to building out a brand and brand identity, what, in your opinion, makes a successful brand? And what are some of the biggest mistakes you've people you've seen people make when creating a brand? Uh, okay, well, let's start with the biggest mistakes and and what makes a brand successful. I mean, there's there's a lot of overlap in those two questions. So I'll just answer them as one answer. The biggest mistake I think that I see people make, and I made this for a lot of years in my early career my, as a designer, is that they just jump in to making the visuals. And, and a successful brand is built around who is your audience, who are your competitors, what is the industry like, how do people perceive different businesses in that industry. It's, you've got to position this brand across the industry and the competitors and position it intentionally for the audience. And so the biggest mistake, I think, is a lot of designers just jump into making an aesthetically pretty logo. And they say that they're a brand designer. And they'd skip the most important steps of who are we even targeting here? Who else is targeting those same people? What do those competitors look like? How can we differentiate where we need to and look similar where we need to? People just skip that, that whole process, which is the most important. So to answer what, what makes a successful brand, it's having a laser focus on who your target customer is or who your target audience is. It's a clear understanding of who your competitors are and what that competitive landscape is like and how you position your brand in that competitive landscape to intentionally target the audience you're trying to reach. That's what makes a successful brand. I I 100% agree with you, Mike. Now, we've established that, you know, branding is, or a brand, if you will, is basically how people feel about you. Mm-hmm. Now, how does, how does poor branding or poor brand identity affect the, the customer journey and your ability to, to get customers? Uh, so poor, ba- poor brand identity. So somebody has a bad brand. Um, we, this is an extremely competitive marketing environment that we live in today. You go back 50 years and you were competing with a handful of companies that were also advertising in the same local newspaper that you're advertising in. That's, that's how people did business 50 years ago. Today, you're competing against thousands or millions of competitors 
across the entire world. And they all have the ability to sell to you as a consumer. So the, the poor brand identity is so detrimental right now because it is so easy for someone to find a better alternative to you. Now, you have to, in, in good branding, you have to convince the audience or convince the customer that you are the best choice for this product, this uh, service, whatever it is you're selling or trying to uh, get in the hands of your audience, you have to convince them that you're the best choice. And if your branding is poor, it is way too easy for them to look at your marketing and then just with a quick Google search, find 4,000 other competitors and choose one of them. So a, a poor brand identity can really destroy your ability to succeed as a business because of the, the digital age that we're living in right now. That's beautifully said, Mike. I think the, the, we're in such a competitive landscape. Everything in the information age, if you will, everything about your business is out there at the, the click of a button. Now, let's say there's a business owner out there that's like, you know, our current brand isn't working or we're, we've pretty much hit a plateau. When should a company consider rebranding? Um, you know, it all comes back to tracking the data and analyzing the industry. And Marketing, branding and marketing, hand in hand, branding is a subset of marketing and, um, and marketing is all about pivots. It's all about where are you today and how is your business or brand performing today compared to last week, one month ago, one year ago. And you've got to keep tweaking the dials and pivoting your business and your brand to stay forward in the eyes of the target audience. And your competitors are doing this. And if you're not doing this, then your business can be in trouble. So when is the best time to rebrand? Well, it's as soon as you see a decline in your metrics or if in general your metrics aren't performing to your satisfaction, then you've got to go and, and start looking at what dials do I tweak to, to improve this performance of my brand. So it's, it's uh, you know, I'm all about, as, as a marketer, I'm all about data tracking and analyzing the data and letting the data run my my emotional decisions of my business. I do believe in going with your gut and trusting your instincts after you do an analysis of the data. So for somebody if, uh, on when should you rebrand, look at your data. How are things performing today versus last year? Try and analyze how your competitors are performing today versus last year. And be honest with yourself. If the performance is not meeting your standards, then tweak the dials and make some improvements. Now, you know, after looking, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in looking 
at data, not just going off guesswork. The data yeah. speaks for itself because as the, the saying goes, you know, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Yeah. Now, after a small business owner takes a look at those numbers, what are some maybe your top five actions that they could take to improve an existing brand? Um, top five actions to improve an existing brand. Okay. Um, okay. So you've looked at your data, you see declines and you're saying, I've got to make some pivots. What are the pivots that I, that I need to make? So number one, I would say, look at your going back to the target audience, look at your target audience. Have you defined your audience correctly? Is there sufficient audience for you, a sufficient market share available for you to be able to sustain this business at all. So I always go back to analyzing the target audience and making sure you have that right. That's where it starts. The second thing that I would look at is the competitors. I, I always recommend to people I consult with is you should have a list of probably about 10 people or other businesses like yours that you feel like you're competing with. They may not even know about you, but you feel like these are the ones that I'm trying to get the same type of customer as them. So you're looking at those and you've got to track those businesses over time. You've got to, um, <laughs> you've got to watch those things. I'll give you a little example. When I was working at Fox studios, so I, I was over the digital side of Fox Kids and Fox Family. And Fox Kids was Saturday morning cartoons and it was Power Power Rangers and Digimon and all these things that people loved back then. And what did I watch all day? I had a TV in my office at at Fox. And uh, what did I have on all day long? It wasn't Fox Kids. It was Cartoon Network. That's what I was watching all day long. I had Cartoon Network turned on because I was paying attention to what our biggest competitor was doing with their properties that were competing directly with the properties that we, that we had at Fox. So this is smart for any business. You've got to watch what are your competitors doing and make sure that when they're pivoting, you're pivoting. So go to your audience, go to your competitors. That's what you're paying attention to on if you're looking to make improvements in your brand. After that, I I would say, look at any industry trends. What's happening in the industry and that you're, that you're targeting. And you've got to pay attention to this as well. You've got to get on some email newsletter lists, get a few blog sites that you follow religiously so that you're continually paying attention to any market changes in the industry that you're serving. And this is happening all the time at an accelerated pace. Things are changing all the time. And it's so easy for a business to get stale for a minute and then boom, somebody comes in and snags snags your, your market. You saw this with, you know, go back just a handful of years in MySpace, for example, MySpace was the social media platform. Facebook came in and overnight destroyed MySpace. Um, Apple, when Steve Jobs announced that they were not going to support Flash on 
mobile devices, Adobe, boom, destroyed, Flash destroyed in, in, a, minute, in a minute with that announcement um, and people started to change. And so if Adobe is not paying attention to those industry influences and then pivoting their products or services, then they, they stand to uh, struggle. So you understand your audience, understand your competitors and understand what are the industry factors that are happening. Um, so what was this question originally? What are some five things that people can do to, to make some improvements on their brands? Yeah. Top five, yeah. top three is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me give you a couple more. Um, define it intentionally. This is one. So list out the adjectives that you want to be known for. That's a, an important uh, thing. So what are the adjectives you want to be known for? And this goes to trying to intentionally create the emotional perception of your brand. And then write a brand description. And that brand description is, hey, this is our brand. Here's who we serve. Here's what makes us different than our competitors. Those three things are an easy way. You can answer those three things and you'll have a decent starting point for a brand description. Um, And one that I like, an exercise that I really like that that I would take my clients through is a spectrum of associated products or not associated, but of, of uh, other types of products that you can try and define. So define your brand in. So if you say, if, if your brand was a hotel, what would it be? Would it be the Ritz Carlton or would it be the Motel 6? If your brand was a car, would it be a, a Lamborghini or would it be a Chevy Nova? You've got to, in, in these kinds, of, if your brand was a drink, what would it be? If your brand was a food, what would it be? If your brand was a location in the world, what would it be? Uh, you, can, you can create a spectrum and this kind of helps you define who you are in, in the world. And, and, I, and don't get um, the misconception that it's not okay to be the Motel 6 of a certain industry. Because Motel 6 has a great business with thousands of facilities all across the United States and probably in other countries as well. Uh, The Motel 6 can be a great business and the Ritz-Carlton can be a great business as well. So it's okay to be intentionally serving uh, certain niche markets, but this kind of spectrum exercise helps you... uh, dig deeper and perceive where you position yourself in the, in the industry that you're serving. Thank you for that, Mike. Those are, those are all great points. I, I like the part with the, uh, the Motel 6 and the Ritz-Carlton uh, yeah. comparison. Now, as we come to a close here, Mike, you know, when you're building out a brand, you may not want to do all this work yourself. W- what could a small business owner look for in a good branding agency in order to make that decision and outsource their work? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a good question. I, I would look for a designer who does not start the conversation by talking about design. I would look for a designer who starts the conversation talking about who are you targeting? Who are your biggest competitors? Uh, talking about the metrics. How are, how's your sales 
going now? What do you expect to happen with this rebrand? If they start talking about that, then they're a brand-focused designer. If they start the conversation just launching into, okay, well, what colors do you like? And tell me some fonts that you like. If they start the conversation that way, then they're a design-focused designer. And you're, you will be better off working with a brand-focused designer. And I, I preach this a ton in my content about helping designers and creatives try and understand how to move up the value chain. Because a, a logo designer who is all about aesthetics is not as valuable as a brand designer who starts talking about how do we intentionally create the feeling that we want the market to have about this entity. That's so much more important. So that's what I'd be looking for if I was a, or my recommendation to small business owners is look for somebody who's talking about that, talking about the real essence of a brand and then let the aesthetics be the, the byproduct or the manifestation of that analysis. Well, Mike, you have came onto the show and you have shared a wealth of knowledge with us. And I want to thank you for doing that. But before we go, you know, where could people learn more about what you do and keep up with you? Uh, you can find my website, michaeljanda.com or Instagram is still where I have my biggest community, more Janda on Instagram, also a good place. And uh, I've been making a big push on YouTube. And so that I'm trying to turn into my primary content channel. So youtube.com slash more Janda, you can find me there as well. Well, Mike, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you. You've been listening to the Get a Grip on Your Marketing Podcast, the number one source for no BS, actionable marketing advice. Make sure to visit our website, podcast.buzzcrowd.net, where you can view show notes, subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS to never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Until next time, this is Get a Grip on Your Marketing Podcast, signing off.